Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Before we start this week's podcast, a big thank you to ELM Legal Services, who are based in Bristol and provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. You can get a standard single will for £99. If you'd like to get in touch, call them 0800 019 4557. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire, myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. It may have been the international break last weekend, but plenty has been happening for Bristol City. Some of it good, some of it a little bit bad, including an injury to someone while playing for their country. We'll get Lee Johnson's thoughts on what's happened there and an injury update from him in this episode, as well as his thoughts on the new training ground for Bristol City. Our reporter Kate Wilson has been right across this and she'll be giving us the detail of what is happening and what it will mean for the club. As well as that, we'll be looking ahead to Sheffield United, who Bristol City play this weekend, and then a midweek clash against relegated from the Premier League last year, West Brom. It's going to be a busy time for the Robins over the next week with then another game on the Friday. So, Gregor, let's get straight into this. They've got three games in six days. Not great. Yeah, it comes around quickly, doesn't it? And then it's another block of games. And it was interesting listening to Lee Johnson on, I don't know if you caught him on BBC Radio Bristol the other day, and he was saying how... They've changed their routine as um, off the back of international breaks because last season they only won one game, didn't they, after international breaks? I think it was just that 1-0 win over Reading after um, this, the international break this time last year. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've kind of reorganised it, haven't they, as I understand, with the guys given four days off last week and instead they all come in um, this week for the full week to do the full match preparation. But obviously the international guys come in as and when. Yes, and what's interesting about that is we saw a few of them out about. I saw Matty Taylor uh, near where I live and we could see them having a bit of time off, which was great because it sort of refreshes them. But we've touched on it already. Let's get into it now. The international break has caused Bristol City a problem and that problem is a star performer, Thomas Callis, who we think might have an injury. Tell us what happened, Gregor. Well, he only played half a match, didn't he, for the Czech Republic, was taken off. And uh, again, that's something that... Lee commented on on Monday and we hope to get an update basically very soon on that because we'll be speaking to the head coach at the um, pre-match press conference, which I'm going to dash off to as soon as I finish here. Great. Okay. And in terms of other injuries from other players, is there anyone that's been away that we should be worried about or is everyone looking fresh? I mean, Callum O'Dowd played a lot of minutes for the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, as far as I know, I think that's it. But the only one I would want to check on is um, Lloyd Kelly because he didn't play in that second England under-20 game. Um, so I, I know Lee Johnson was up there watching him and Jada Silva did play in, in both games. I think he came off the bench for the first one. Uh, but then he, I think he played a larger role in the second one. Um, but I want to just check with Lee this afternoon. That'll be another one. As far as I'm aware, I think everybody else is okay. Okay. Well, um, as if by magic, as if we've done a time warp, here's Lee Johnson's about those injury concerns. Good. Callas was fine. Um, Obviously, O'Dowda, we saw him this morning, but very tired because he played last night, so we sent him home for a kip. Um, De Silva and Lloyd Kelly, fine, no injury concerns. So, Gregor, three games in a week. That's pretty intense stuff. It's not even three games in a week. It's three games in six days. So Saturday at home to Sheffield United, then two away trips, West Brom on Tuesday evening and then Friday night against Wigan on the telly. And then they get seven days before their next game. Does something have to be said about the scheduling here? It's, 
It is kind of crazy in a way, isn't it? That you have these blocks of, yeah, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. And I know the coach. But it's Friday this time. That makes it, that 24 hours is key. Yeah, and actually, you're right. I say Saturday, but this is actually the only Saturday game of this month, isn't it? Yeah. And the other games are on Fridays and Sundays. So, uh, um, yeah, the, the coaching staff mentioned this last season, getting the guys fit and used to this kind of marathon run of games and. I know, obviously, Lee mentioned about how Eros Pizzano, for example, was finding it difficult at the beginning of last season where he was coming in. And, yeah, he'd gone from playing yeah, Birmingham on the Saturday to then going to play Brentford midweek in, in, on the Tuesday. And then he was slumped in the changing room afterwards, saying, shaking his head and saying how tired he was. And, yeah, it's something you have to be able to deal with. And I think, that in a way, though... The, that kind of helps Bristol City for me this season because I do think they have got this stronger squad. We've discussed it before. I'm not too sure if the first 11 just yet is as strong, but it might be. Um, the results have been good and they've got this stronger squad and they're going to need it all. So I kind of think it's a little bit funny when I see a few of the fans saying, oh, well, this player's not playing at the moment. Well, I I think they will do because they're going to be needed across the season. Yeah, when you look at these three games in six days, you think the likes of Jamie Patterson... And other players that have been Callum on the bench, Callum O'Dowd are going to get a chance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I take your point on Callum O'Dowd. Obviously, he's played a lot over the last two games. Um, I think it's two 90-minute performances. Um, and then, yeah, in maybe a slightly newer role in the middle there. And he, what did and you he think himself. of him there? He didn't really have any impact against Wales, did he? But that was a terrible night for Ireland. It was. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the polling game, but I did watch the Wales game. Mm, and so. yeah... I, yeah, I thought Wales were magnificent in that game. Obviously, I know, I know you're tweeting about Ethan Ambertu. He, he oh, looks class, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, no, no, he didn't do that himself, much wrong. No. He just didn't get that much of the ball, did he? So no. it's not much he could have done there. But likewise, I didn't see the Poland game. But I know who was involved. And he set up the goal, obviously, and played very well, apparently, um, from what I've seen. Just um, on O'Dowd, I, I do think that's going to bode well for the, sort of the longer term. You need competition for places and we're going to come on to Marley Watkins well, later. And... Didn't Martin O'Neill call Callum O'Dowda the future of Ireland? Yeah, and uh, Martin O'Neill wow. loves O'Dowda. We, we can see that he plays so often and also I think he's been to watch him a lot of times. I know Roy Keane was at Ashton Gate at the end of last mm-hmm. season to watch him. Martin O'Neill was down at QPR to watch him mm-hmm. then. So they, they really like this guy and that bodes well for Bristol City and I'm just going to want to add this in um, from my sources, I understand that there um, are talks of a new contract taking place between O'Dowd and Bristol City. From what I understand, that hasn't been agreed yet, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be surprised if we see something in the near future on that. And uh, certainly, yeah, he's, he's one, if not for now, definitely for the next years ahead. Yeah, sounds really positive. Looking ahead to this weekend, Sheffield United, in good form, but only a point ahead of Bristol City. They were... A lot like Bristol City last season, doing so well for so long and then just dropped off, slid away. And I mean, they didn't have the reason of the League Cup run. They just couldn't sustain it, but they did so well since coming back from League One into the Championship. So what do we think about Sheffield United? They've had some impressive wins this season, Gregor. They have. They're flying high. I was speaking to my colleague um, who covers Sheffield United up there, Danny Hall, that is a Sheffield star. He was giving me the inside track on the blades and basically he was talking about the last game of, um, the final game of last season when 
United came to Ashton Gate, and that was an incredible oh, yeah. game, if you remember. 3-2. Yes. They were 3-0 up, weren't they? And Bristol City came back to, to well, yeah, clawed their yeah. way back into it to 3-2. But he was saying that we in a way... We were both there, weren't we? Yeah. yeah, in a way, that was a microcosm of their season in that right. they started so well and then, yeah, faded away. But summed, up in it, summed up in two halves of football. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and same for Bristol City in a way, but obviously the other way around. Mm. Um, but, the, yeah. I mean, they beat... Aston Villa 4-1. Yes, cracking result, cracking wow. result. Um, and they've got some quality there. We've seen that. I, I like their tactics. They do things differently, don't they, with that 3-5-2. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether anyone's really worked out how to play against it. Um, totally. It, it's very hard to play against the 3-5-2 and we've, we've seen England doing it over the World Cup and in the international break. But when they are playing that, is it then that Bristol City have to rethink their way of playing? I know they've do play such a nice passing game. It's, they are one of the best teams in the Championship to watch Bristol City. But when you're playing against the 3-5-2, do you have to think a bit differently and think, should we hit them on the counter when the, when the wing-backs are forward? What's Lee Johnson going to do? How is he going to approach it's it? A good, good question. I mean, I would just point to both games last season and they were really kind of shootouts. I don't know if you remember the one up in Sheffield. Yeah, when Flint scored the yeah, last minute. Yeah, in the last up. minute. But yeah. actually, Sheffield United were so unlucky that day. They were. They hit, they they were. hit the woodwork something like four times I in know. that game. And I was just thinking, the Bristol City goal is blessed. They're not, just not going to score. And then, of course, they went up the other end. After, shout out for Paso, who scored a brilliant goal that, yes, that, yeah. that day. Um, I think it's going to be another case like that. Both two really attacking sides. Um, both going to go to watch. full throttle. Two teams that yeah. are good to watch. So you think and Bristol City will go at them? I do, yeah. And I was thinking, well, maybe we might get like a cagey game after the last two games when there are lots of goals. I'm thinking nah. about that. That's not going to happen, <laughs> is it? No, it's going to be another goal-laden affair. It's going to be end-to-end and it'll be great to watch. I think it's going to be mouth-watering. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, covering that game on Saturday for Sky. And then on Tuesday, West Brom away. Now, I know we look at sort of the teams that have been promoted and I think they're viewed often as favourites. A few people have got West Brom as favourites to go up. Uh, Some have got them as mid-table if you look around what everyone was saying at the start of the season. So what do you think of West Brom and what you've seen so far? And can Bristol City get some from the Hawthorns on Tuesday evening? I think they can. I think Bristol City have had this, well, have had a decent record against the promoted, uh, sorry, the relegated sides from the Premier League mm. this season and last. Obviously, had a great win at Swansea the other week, and last year they did pretty well as well, didn't they? They won at Sunderland, they won at Hull, um, they lost unfortunately at Middlesbrough, but um, that was a pretty close game, and I thought they could have got something from that. So yeah, there's nothing to fear there for the Robins. However. I do quite like um, Darren Moore, actually. I, do, I just get the Comes impression... Comes across well, doesn't he? Yeah, I do get the impression that he's going to do all right there. And they've also got a very solid squad. Uh, the likes of Rodriguez, um, Matt Phillips is a class act. Um, so, yeah, I worry about keeping those guys out. But we've seen this attack from Bristol City, I, which I think is only going to score more and more goals now yeah. Fam's back. Yeah. So, again, I think it's going to be another one of these crazy shootouts. Um and if maybe if they can get everything right at the back, I think that's going to be the key, then then they can get something from these games. And then, this is the thing we'll talk about in more detail next week, because we'll come back after that game. But So how many... So you've got Monday and Sunday as two clear days between those games. OK, they, they deal with that all the time. All the championship sides do. But then to only have Wednesday and Thursday before playing again on Friday night, that is going to be tough on these players. It's going to be tough on the fans as well, I should point out. Because Two away trips. The, yeah, yeah, the Friday as well. The Friday's a long one, Wigan. Yeah. I mean, I think West Brom is an hour and a half, probably maybe two hours 
bit more with rush hour traffic, but I think quite a few Bristol City fans will make that trip because it's not one of the furthest away on Tuesday evening. But trying to get to Wigan on a Friday night... Exactly. Do, do we blame Sky for that, Michelle? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> commenting on any of this. But what I will say is that is going to be tricky for Bristol City fans that yeah. make the trip. But there was a couple like that last year, weren't there? There, there are. I, I actually think... I've got a feeling that the EFL particularly schedule some of the longer trips uh, for midweek games just because they know that in return they'll get big crowds at the weekend for the yes. bigger matches. So yeah, perhaps. It's a case perhaps. of give and take a little bit. Yeah, let's um, talk about the EFL. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 you, you just can't schedule it and make everybody happy. But at least it's on so. telly. So yes, if you can't yeah, make it, you can exactly, go to the pub or, exactly. or watch it if you've got Sky at home. Exactly. Um, we'll talk more about Wigan in more detail next week, but it will be tough on the players and this is when we will see more squad players perhaps get their chance. Um, it's the same for Wigan, you know. They, but the only difference is they get that extra day. Yes, yeah. I, I think that's going to be such a tough game. Mm. Um, I th- could just, I don't want to say it, but in some of those matches, will some of the players really be up for it and be understanding the kind of fight they're in for up there? So it's one. Is there where, any player you're thinking of when you say that? No, not really. To be honest, um, I'm not. I, I think it might be a case of where the experienced players really come to the fore mm-hmm. because it would be understandable. It's already happened this season that teams will go there thinking that, again, it's Wigan, they've been promoted, they, they might not put in that 100% that you mm. need up there mm. and, and, and suffer for it. But, yeah, I mean, Paul Cook's doing a great job there. They're a, a, a tough team to play against, obviously Nick Powell and the likes of these guys. So... Uh, We'll see what happens, but mm. we'll know more. Yeah. We'll know more this time next week as well, won't we? Absolutely. In terms of sort of who's going to play on Saturday, because do we think on Saturday that Lee Johnson will not change the team if Callis is believed to be fit? Yeah, I get the impression he'll stick with the. And if not, be team. Baker, won't it? Yeah, yeah. So, but, so you don't think Gigi's going to start? I don't know. I think he'll stick with Matty Taylor, and I think he'll say to the guys, "You guys are in possession of the shirt. Go out, keep the shirt." It's hard. It's pressure, isn't it? It's it pressure. is. It's so it's good. whether you it's, it's whether you respond to it or sort of crumble, I guess. It is, and I mean, just coming back to Calamo Daldo, who we were talking about a minute ago. I think I said he's one for the future. He's not. He's one for now as well, of course. And a lot of fans have been saying he should be in instead of Marley Watkins, for example. And yeah, I just think there's going to be a role for all these guys. They'll, they're, they're going to be needed and um, they all bring different things to the table. So Yeah, we'll see. Well, speaking of Molly Watkins, uh, you had a chat with him at the press conference today and you asked him about his Wales future. He's on two caps at the moment. We've seen Callum O'Dowder flourishing for the Republic of Ireland. Well, here's what Molly Watkins had to say on that. I think I'm at a stage where it's just about getting games under my belt to get back up to speed, to get you know, to what I can do and um, feel that's the stage I'm at. But obviously... If you do well here, that'll come. So, yeah, just need to keep improving. So, Molly Watkins, that goal that he scored in the last game, how much confidence against Blackburn Rovers will that give him? Because he was subbed shortly after that. Yeah, lots, I think. And I said in the last podcast, it was interesting to hear from him after the game saying that he doesn't believe he's fully match fit. And, and this is something, to be fair to Lee Johnson, that he has said as well, that... I don't want to really paraphrase him, but he, he has literally said sometimes the names are on the the team sheet, but it's not really the full player. You, you're seeing the player's name on there, they're playing out there, but they're not 100% fit. You need to get them into a real rhythm, you need to get them into top form. And I think it's going to take some time with some guys. We, we, you always see it with new guys coming to the club. But, uh, yeah, from what I've seen of Marley Watkins, and I just think he's getting on the end of things, he's getting into good positions. What worries me is when you see players not getting into the, these positions. They, they they never look like scoring or anything. Whereas I think with Marley, 
I, I could see him scoring more goals and I, I think that's what he's going to bring to this team and I, I think by the end of the season we'll be saying yeah those sort of eight nine ten goals were pretty crucial from midfield who do you pick Callum O'Dowda or Marley Watkins I'd go with Marley Watkins. I'm, I'm going to stick with Lee Johnson here and say, you guys are a winning team at the moment. Keep putting the effort, effort in and you're in possession this year. It's yours to lose. Okay. Interesting. I would definitely start Marley Watkins on Saturday. But if I think the goal definitely put a gloss on his performance. He does a lot of things that people don't see. Things, just the simple balls and things like that. And I do think he's a good player. But if it was more or less a same performance, I'd be tempted to put O'Dowden on the Tuesday. And maybe he will because of squad rotation. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I agree with you. Maybe, maybe that will happen. Like yeah. Maybe his hand will be forced to do that. I think so. Bearing in mind, Marley's probably not played, has he, over the last... Well, he hasn't been on international duty and Callum's played the two games. So I think that probably leans yeah, more that, towards yeah, Marley, that would, doesn't Yeah, that it? would add up. Now, before we move on to talk of this new training ground, can I ask you why Bristol City are playing on Friday the 28th of September. Is that, that's the game against Aston Villa, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I believe that the Matt Parsons, the SLO, has um, responded on this on social media. So um, I believe that the club basically were, were happy to do that in terms of shifting around their schedule. And I think it's basically in terms of getting maybe another day's preparation for another game. I think that might be something to do with it, but I, I don't want to say that as a fact. I'm, uh, I think that I might have read that. You can, you can get back to us on that one. But, yeah. Um, what about... There's some Sunday games coming up. Why are they playing on Sunday the 7th of October? Is that because of the rugby? The, yeah. I think the rugby probably does come into it, um, but I don't think it's a straight correlation between the rugby being played on a Saturday. Well... And the, I'll, I'll tell you why they're playing on Friday the 28th of September, actually. Mm-hmm. Because Bristol Bears are playing at home on the Saturday. Ah, uh, OK. What do we think of this? Well, yeah, it's a difficult one. I know, obviously, a lot of supporters love the 3pm Saturday experience, and I think we all do, really. We don't want to see too many matches moved. However, it does become difficult when you share a stadium, and it, there's a lot of clubs in that position. Um. I think as long as it's not too often, then I think most supporters wouldn't wouldn't mind too much. But if it becomes too regular a thing, then I think, yeah, there'll be questions to be asked of the club um, and we might be looking for more of an explanation. But I have to... Uh, I, mean, I mean, yeah, this is something for us to ask Lee Johnson about, actually. Maybe he's actually in favour of it and maybe it, he feels that it might give the club a bit of an advantage if they get then an, an extra day to prepare for the next game. But why are they playing on Sunday the 7th of October? They're playing Sheffield Wednesday at home. That's not on the telly as far as I'm aware. It's not. Um, I don't know offhand. I because can't. it's nothing to do with the rugby. Mm. There you go, investigative journalist Gregor McGregor. <laughs> Come back to me next week on that one. Uh, but yeah, it's a busy time for Bristol City, no doubt, before the next international break. A lot of fixtures to cram in before then. But something which is very exciting is this new training ground, Gregor, and it's going to make a big difference. Here's what Lee Johnson had to say on it. I think it's huge, not just from the club's point of view, but from uh, young footballers in Bristol. Do you know what I mean? And uh, Bristol-born athletes, obviously, the plan would be to bring up... Um, the kids as soon as they leave school I mean the young professionals if you like 16, 17, 18 all the way through and don't underestimate the importance of facilities and uh, the sports science element in football now is so strong and um, 
you can really uh, create a, a superior athlete, if you like, through doing the right things. And uh, all the technology that we've got that works towards improving players at all ends of the scale. You know, it's not just the tip of the pyramid, which is obviously uh, the players on a Saturday at three o'clock. This is young lads and, and people that we bring into the area, uh, try and develop them as best we can. We're fighting to become a Premier League team. And it's important that, that Bristol allows us a Premier League facility, if you like. So Lee Johnson really positive about this. In terms of the development of the under-23s, it sounds really key as, as well. I know we're going to get some more detail from our reporter, Kate Wilson, in just a second. And you're going to sort of pick her brains about it. But we've been up to failing. We know what it's like at the moment in terms of improving facilities for the players, for the coaching staff, for the staff that work there. It'll make a big difference, won't it? Absolutely huge. Absolutely huge. I mean... Basically, it's going to be where the guys spend most of their working time and every advantage you can give them there is just going to be repaid, I think, over and over. It's going to help with the development of all the players there. It's going to help recruit players. Um, it'll probably raise the coaching levels, the facilities, etc. Um, it's just so vital and it's probably, yeah, another huge um, sort of peg for Bristol City building these foundations and attraction success. players yeah yeah it all ties together I think um, I, I mean it's, it's interesting as well because I don't know if you saw but um, Tottenham I, I noticed announced um, that they've built like a, a new player lodge in the summer where they're for example getting the players to sleep between training sessions oh wow nice so I mean I'm not sure whether Bristol City are factoring that in that kind of level um, of marginal gain but they might well be and it's, it's that kind of thing that will help Lee Johnson sort of well um, yeah bring his coaching to the fore his, his player development sports science all this kind of thing the nutritional side etc so every advantage and you, you you probably will know better than I than I will but training grounds at a lot of the other clubs in mm. the, this league aren't always the best facilities. Mm. No, I, I, but then again, you've got some amazing ones. You look at Stoke, they're now in the Championship. Their training ground is unbelievable. Mm. You know, and you've, you've got teams that were Premier League teams coming down and you see what they've got on offer. But then you look at League One and you look at something like, I, and I do not mean this intentionally to badmouth them, but you look at what Bristol Rovers have and they don't mm. have very much at all. So this will be massive. Exactly, and it's it's, it's going to make a huge gap between those kind of clubs. It's huge. Yeah, but, I mean, I just want to add in, I've been fortunate enough in my time to go to the Chelsea training ground before. Oh, Cobham, what yeah, a place. Yeah, actually, um, a friend of mine, we were playing football there, a uh, tournament, yeah, oh, and nice. uh, a friend of mine found a diamond earring on the uh, AstroTurf. I mean, I can believe so, it. Uh, did he keep it? <laughs> he didn't, he handed it in, he was very honest. He handed it in? He did, he was very honest. Well, clearly um, someone wasn't missing it that much, they can't have looked that hard for it. Uh, I've also been to the Manchester United's one as well. Yep. They've got, they added a new a medical unit, I believe, nice. fairly recently. Um, and I've been to the Liverpool one as well, Melwood. Yep. And, um, yeah, I mean, seeing the facilities on offer there um, is just incredible. And obviously Manchester City's is just out oh, of this world. yes, yeah. Probably the best, would you say? Yeah. And Cobham's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah. But... Um, Hotspur Way is very good as well. Um, but just to add in for Bristol City, also... I always find it strange that the academy is based in North Bristol, NRA territory. Surely you want the juniors training oh. alongside the seniors and they're going to learn of them and see them at yeah. first quarters a lot more, isn't it? I they? think if you read something like Stephen Gerrard's book and he talks about um, the days of when he was a sort of a, a, one of the youth boys at Liverpool and they used to train alongside the seniors and there were redevelopment works going on at, at times. But he said the best times were when 
the first 11 were on the pitch across from you. Yeah, absolutely. You just never know whose eye you could catch. And it will motivate players, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. And just just one last thing. Obviously, we've both been in Lee mm. Johnson's office as well. We have, one. yes. And it's basically like a porter cabin, isn't it? So Yeah, it's not the most glamorous. Of, um, no. So maybe he's going to have a, a new... Yeah, a new office up there will be. Yeah, also. I'd imagine it would be very nice. Maybe he'll let us into another podcast. We'll see. <laughs> and uh, here's Gregor now speaking through the detail of these training ground plans with our reporter, Kate Wilson. It's not actually just Bristol City either. I think, from my understanding, it's going to be Bristol Bears Rugby Club using it as well, or Bristol Sport. And um, from speaking to Lee Johnson today, he kind of indicated that there were going to be a couple of clubs using this facility. So uh, it, basically, I. Um, the impact across Bristol could be absolutely huge. I know they've said, so they didn't mention Bristol Bears specifically today or at the previous meeting, but I know there was a big emphasis on this site about shared community use. So there's supposed to be various examples of when Bristol City are going to kind of open up this training ground to the community, and I, th- and I think Long Ashton community as well, because that's obviously where it's based in that ward of, um, you know, youth clubs or other teams potentially being able to go in there and use the facilities or, you know, holding kind of community days. I know know they mentioned one that happened maybe in July where they had sort of like a training club for kind of kids who could come along. And so kind of things like that, apparently, which are going to be sort of part of it. So it could, well, the idea is that it's going to be for the entire community rather than just for Bristol City. And what did Mark Ashton say when he was there in the first meeting? Can you remember any of that? Oh, um, I think his main, what he kind of focused on was this idea of being able to kind of grow homegrown talent. What he was saying, how vital it is in order to build sort of a, a successful sort of premiership franchise to have the under-18s, have the youth training with the under-23s, training with the first team all the way through. So they sort of have a goal of okay, these are the guys that I want to be like when I, you know, and this is where I want to be. I want to be playing for Bristol City in the Championship, hopefully one day in the Premiership. (laughs) Brilliant stuff, yeah. Basically a case of osmosis, I see, um, best practice, etc. That's brilliant. Thank you very much for your time. And that was Gregor speaking to Kate Wilson about this new training ground plan. Uh, Sounds going to be fantastic for Bristol City and the development of the club. We'll be back next week reflecting on the games against Sheffield United and, of course, West Brom as well and looking ahead to Wigan on the Friday night. Uh, Thanks for listening. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us. This podcast was sponsored by ELM Legal Services based in Bristol who provide will writing and estate planning services across the UK. A standard single will is £99. You can call them on 0800 019 4557. Robins on the Wire.